You're listening to the One Man Show Network. Welcome to the MMA Fight Picks Podcast with your host, Aaron Weinbaum. Hey kids, and welcome to the podcast. I am your host, Aaron Weinbaum, and today we will be talking to Mike Harrington via the Skype machine, so I'm going to try to get him on the horn right now. I'm here with Mike Harrington from the Gas Digital Network, who works with one of the biggest MMA podcasts out there, the Believe You Me podcast with Michael Bisming and Luis J. Gomez, as well as co-hosting his own podcast, Hammer Fisting MMA. How you doing, man? Doing great, man. How you doing? Dude, I'm doing fantastic. Just uh, just tell me just a little bit, uh, you know, kind of what you do. Who is your daddy? And what does he do? And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> does your life consist completely of podcasts? I mean, what's up? Tell me about Mike Harrington real quick. Well, yeah, man. I mean, I uh, I was working as a contractor for, um, you know, the better part of a decade. And I was, like, miserable. You know, wow. I was, like, running my own company. Things were going great. And, uh, you know, there was uh, some some change at the top there. And, uh, you know, I was without a gig for a while. And, um, you know, I started my own thing and I really got into it. I, I did sports radio, uh, as a college internship, you know, a decade ago. And, um, yeah, I just fell into this and, and, you know, now I'm, uh, I showed up to, uh, their, their main comedy show, Legion of Skanks. Um, you know, I competed in the intern Olympics there. That was an absolute blast. And, and is- one thing led to another, Lewis is like, look, man, you're a hustler. We need more of that in the office. Brought me in to do sales stuff. Um, before I know it, I was, you know, put in charge of producing hammer fisting. So, you know, my pretty much, yeah, Monday through Monday through Friday now it's, uh, you know, I mean, it's great hours, you know, we're talking like, you know, my, my day right. starts at the crack of noon, but, uh, I, it's 10 30 night and I'm just walking in the door. Uh, we were designing new shirts for hammer fisting. So, uh, everything from the merch side, sales side, um, you know, Obviously, producing, editing, uh, getting video content up on YouTube—it's it's all it is, man, and I love it. Awesome, and that, this is based out of New York, is that correct? Yeah, man. So we do uh, we do two live shows a week: one at the San NYC, one at uh, the Creek LIC, and uh, yeah, those are Legion of Skanks and Roastmasters. Everything else we do either in studio down in uh, the Lower East Side, or uh, we have a couple shows out in California, including Bruce Bruce Buffers out there. Bisbing does a show from his home out there, and uh, Lisa Ann is also in LA. All right, man. We are ready to pick some fights. Are you ready to pick some fights? Oh, yeah, man. Sweet. First up, we have Sarah McMahon versus the hot teacher, Marianne Renau, at 135 pounds. Sarah is coming off a loss last September to her signature move, the arm triangle choke to Caitlin Vieira, but... Marion Renau is also fighting, also who fought last December, is coming off a win. So what do you think about this one? See, I love Catelyn Vieira. Yeah. Um, I feel like she does not get, you know, nearly the, the respect she deserves as an undefeated fighter. Um, it's just crazy to me that, like, uh, Renau was once the only thing standing between Holly Holm and Ronda Rousey. Yeah. If you just, like, process that for just a second, like that essentially became a title eliminator in hindsight um but i mean like i'm looking at this i'm looking at the record here i mean you know uh, we're, we're talking about losses to amanda nunez misha mm-hmm. tate ronda rousey right. all champions or former champions and then Kellen Vieira, who i think is the next big thing at 135 wow. so you know 
uh, I hate to I hate to go this route, but I, I'm you know uh, the way I afford myself uh, the, my lifestyle to work for very little money for you know uh, <laughs> doing doing podcasting is honestly a lot of sports gambling. So I, I love to take the dogs, but uh, I got to go Sarah McMahon on this one, and I really don't think it's going to be close. Wow. Yeah, I I have Sarah as well, and. Uh, you know she's an Olympian. I don't. I don't think she's gonna lose twice. I don't think she's gonna lose. You know she. It had to be humiliating for her to lose to her signature move. And uh, yeah, I got Sarah as well. I. I don't see her losing this fight. Um. Yeah, I'm pulling up best fight odds right now. I want to see. I want to see what the what the line is here because I might actually throw a little bit of throw a couple oh, shackles on go. this. Yeah, I mean McMahon's the minus two forty favors where she opened at, and that's staying pretty strong. I think. I think there might actually be a little bit of value in there. Um. You know, I, I I was just watching that uh, that movie, the uh, the Hurt Business. Actually, have you seen that yet? No, I have not. It's on uh, it's on Netflix. It's it's I don't know. It just popped up on my feed. I guess they know I'm a junkie for violence, <laughs> but uh, violence. That, uh, yeah, it opens with like John Jones shooting cans of Orange Crush in like the middle of the desert, <laughs> talking about breaking some guy's orbital bone. And I'm really? like, why did nobody realize this guy was a bad dude all along? Oh, that's uh, but yeah, no, they feature Sarah McMahon in there a lot, and uh, I've always liked her story. I've always liked, uh, you know, I always found her very interesting. Um, you know, I I had you know a, a ton on her when she was up against um, uh, Jessica I. Oh yeah, uh, and that worked out well. So you know, for sure, it you know barely barely more than two to one. I think there is a little bit of value on that. Awesome. All right. Um, next fight we have is Sam Alvey versus Marcin. Pacino. Now, listen, Sam Alvey, his last fight, he took it on short notice. He came in four pounds over the 185-pound limit and lost a lackluster decision, obviously, from the weight cutting. Now, this time, he's moving up in weight to take on UFC newcomer Marcin. And now, this guy hasn't lost since 2014, but this is his first UFC fight. He doesn't have a Twitter account or a Wikipedia page, so I'm not sure I like his chances. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, how can you bet a guy uh, bet against a guy who's beating the likes of Gilberto Galvo <laughs> or Jake Butler? I mean, come on, dude. Yeah, and <laughs> the octagon jitter thing is is it's a true deal. You know, obviously, these guys from the smaller shows they come over. They and this is a big fight. I don't care if Sam Elvey is moving up or not. <coughs> it's a big fight, and I I, I think Alvey might be one of those guys. He'd probably be better off the 195 pound weight class, which isn't going to happen anytime soon. But he's he's kind of a big middleweight, and he might be a little bit of a smaller light heavyweight. But I don't know. What are you thinking? I mean, I'm looking here. He is a massive favorite, actually. Um, you know, he is a where are we at here? He's minus 240. Um, so they're saying like you know it's a significantly better chance he beats uh, he beats Alvy than uh, you know. Uh, McMahon beats uh, Renal there. I, wow. To me, I, I, he's Polish. Um, you know, I mean, it, it, yeah, that's got to count for something, right? Those yeah. polls are crazy. They are um, crazy. Uh, okay, so this is it. Uh, Jake Collier was out. He was. Uh, they were looking for a replacement, so you, they got Sam Alvey in there. You want to hear I a mean, fun dude, fact? What's that? You want to hear a fun fact? Of course. Jake Collier lives 30 minutes from me. Does he really worked for me when he was a kid? <laughs> Damn, that's wild! Isn't that you crazy? Ever, like catch him training or anything? Like no, that? you know, I just really kind of found out. I made the connection here a couple years ago, where someone said, you know, 
you know, he fights in UFC. I'm like, what, 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 what? So yeah, I remember when he was a kid too. And, uh, you know, he, he was a big dude back then. So yeah, I'm sorry. So please continue. Please continue. No, no, no all good, man. I, I love stories like that. Like, yeah. I used to get my hair cut with, uh, Tiago Alves, uh, cause I lived, uh, I oh, lived down so in Broward cool. County, which was, you know, not far from Coconut Creek where, um, you know, uh, what, uh, is that ATT? Yeah, yeah. yeah. ATT is down there and they would, uh, yeah, dude, like my, my boy actually was like next door neighbors with Wanderlei, uh, Wanderlei Silva. And he said, uh, you know, he would, he would come out and like grab his paper in the morning and Silva would just be hanging off his balcony doing pull-ups. And I'm like, it's just so funny to me to see like fighters in everyday life. <laughs> yeah, man, that is cool. And I haven't seen him in years. And I actually uh, went to Kansas City to watch him fight, and it didn't go his way, so I didn't make it to any after parties with him or anything, and I, I really haven't seen him since. So. Bummer, right? That's a shame. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, dude, I, I can't – I I'll be honest with you. I've not seen any tape of this guy. Um, no. I'm looking under videos here to see if there's, like, any kind of a highlight reel. Um, yeah, I mean, highlight – he is a natural light heavyweight, which I like. Yeah. Um. They, the, the clip at the start of this, it was like Tatsu Jin Dojo system of battle, like any kind of weird, like new agey graphic looking martial arts. Um, I, I'm not really a fan of this guy looks like a psycho, which I like. Yeah. His teeth are all weirdly spaced. He's an absolute killer following guys to the ground. I mean, honestly, this kind of reminds me a little bit just watching the, the few highlights I have of, uh, Gadsmir and Tegulov. Before he came into the UFC and anyone knew really knew who he was, um, this guy throws bombs. And Smiling Sam, to me, does not belong at light heavyweight. So I'm going to go with the newcomer. All right. I'm going to pick Sam. I I, th- I think he may belong at hi- light heavyweight. We'll see. We'll see. Hello? You know, yeah, can you hear me? Uh-oh. Shoot, shoot, shoot. We may have. Uh, hello? Yeah, we may have lost contact here. I'm going to pause it. You. All right, we had a little technical difficulty, but I think we're back now. All right, so you pick. Mar- I'm going to go with Marcin Prochino, uh new guy, but, you know, Smiling Sam, you know, he couldn't get past Elias Theodoro. So, you know, uh, uh, I, I think the new kid dropped bombs on him and, and gets to finish. I don't know. I hope it's one of those cases where he was cutting too much weight and maybe he'll come in and look like an amazing light. I'm, I'm just going to pick him for that. I'm going to pick him because... You know, the octagon jitter thing is a real deal, but like you said, you know, those Polish dudes are scary, and uh, he may just come in with being an absolute killer, but I'm going to go with Sam on that deal. Okay. All right, so that's one we disagree. Can we can we make some kind of like a, a side wager here? Ugh, you make me bet. <laughs> I, I, I'm the I mean, worst better. I could offer you guys a shout out on Hammer Fist thing if, uh, if you take the cake on this one. You want to you want to go and give me a five star review on uh, on iTunes if oh. uh, if I if I pull it off? Well, I would have done that anyway. So <laughs> so all right. Uh, well, you don't gotta you don't gotta kill the magic, man. Keep it sexy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not, I won't. I will give you a one star review if you lose this fucking thing. Ooh, <laughs> I like that a lot. I, I'm up against it. And you can all do right. this. You can do the same for me, man. And I will. I, I will say that. you were the you were the worst fucking host I've ever seen. And uh, <laughs> this will be good. This will be good. Now, like I, I we we talked a little bit off here about this. We're picking a lot of fights because this is one of the more stacked Fox cards in a long time. So, um, we're gonna go next with Henan Barrow versus Brian Kelleher, and this is at 135 pounds. Now, here's the deal: Henan is coming off 
a loss to Aljamain Sterling in a fight that had to be contested at 140 pounds because California wouldn't license him to cut down to 135. Now, even with the extra five pounds, he didn't look good. Aljo kind of did what he wanted with him. Now, Brian, on the other hand, is coming off a win after losing his first fight in the UFC. So, you know, he lost his first one. He came back and won another one. This is this is going to be a difficult one for me to pick, but who do you have? So, I had I, I was on Kelleher. Um, yep. You know, actually, I I watched the, uh, the the Yuri Alcantara fight, and I really liked him. He took you know super quick turnaround uh, against Marlon Vera. Um, you know, UFC on Fox twenty five. I was there in Long Island. I think that was a little bit of hometown jitters for him. Yeah. Um, you know, he 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 got caught in the armbar in the first round. I think he was overextending himself a little bit too much. Um, I'm looking here. His team is Team Bomb Squad, which I've never heard of before uh so i need to google them immediately but uh but i really like him um you know he got the you got the ko against Stasiak. um you know so i, I and i agree i think the weight cutting issue is an issue for Burrell. Yeah. um it always makes me nervous when i see like this would be the not only would it be the biggest win of kelleher's career it would easily be the worst loss of hen and Burrell's career you yeah. know what i mean yeah I felt the same way going into the Felipe Nobert fight, um, you know, and he was able to get the win there. But again, we're talking back at um, we're talking back at 135. It's tough, uh, but I, I got to give it to Kelleher, if only because of the New York bias. I <laughs> awesome, you know, I've I've done some Missouri math myself, and uh, I, I totally see where you're coming from, but I think. You know, this is one of those deals. We're, we're picking this a couple days before the event. Tomorrow is the weigh-ins. I don't know that Hennon makes the weight. And if Hennon does make the weight, I don't know that he's, you know, he's going to be feeling good after that. And he's not looked great, really, since uh, TJ Dillashaw put it on him. So, man, I, 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 I got to go. I'm going to do some, I'm going to do some New York magic math here as well. And I'm going to pick Kelleher. Okay. Now, All right, so we're we're only disagreeing on one so far. Yeah, so far I like that. Now this one coming up, I I I still have not decided. I'm going to decide by the time we're done talking about it. But Ben Saunders versus Alan Juban at 170 pounds. Now here's the deal: both these welterweights are Eddie Bravo, 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu guys, and both are coming off knockout losses. But I think Ben is better on the ground, and Alan is better on his feet. So that makes for a really good matchup tough to call but man who do you got i mean i'll be honest is this the worst matchup of like best looking guy versus worst looking guy <laughs> yeah to ever enter an octagon against each other uh yeah you got you have uh what is it a versace model versus a before picture <laughs> this dude literally looks like an after picture of getting hit in the face with a shovel. Yeah. This is insane. <laughs> oh, man. And these tattoos just like, I'm actually looking <gasps> on like his Google images right now, and like the tattoos just consistently get worse. So, oh, man. Um, this is tough. I, I guess, honestly, I, I've, I've always liked Al. Um, you know, I, I've. I don't know. I'm I'm trying to think here of his last uh, of his last few fights where you know where I've been on. But he, he um, did beat Mike Perry. That was impressive. Yeah, I mean he got the he got the win over Perry. I'm trying to think what was the yeah, but he also lost to Gunny and then Nico. Yep. Yeah, that's right, Mike Perry. That was like the big step up 
uh, for Mike Perry because he had gotten like that sick knockout yep. over the summer um, at UFC. That was 202, right? The Nate Diaz Connor rematch. Um, 202 was the Nate Connery. I want to say that was Mike Perry's debut. He was heavily dogged. He was like a four day replacement fight. Got the insane first round knockout there. He was the biggest underdog on the card. Uh, and I liked him since then, uh, no matter the talking, but, um, yeah, I mean, honestly, he's on a two fight losing streak. Um, he is insanely handsome, but I see him doing less and less press related <laughs> to the UFC right. in recent years. Like it feels like the the star push for Aljo Alan Joban has kind of gone by the wayside. So that's got me thinking like if he doesn't win this fight, he might get cut by the UFC. Um, so anytime a guy's got his back against the wall, fighting someone who he's even remotely familiar with, I, I gotta take Alan Joban on this one. All right, all right. Yeah, man, this is tough, but you know, Man, Alan does a lot of stuff like outside of the UFC as well. I don't know if that's a distraction for him or not. And you know, Ben just has a sick, sick ground game. Alan has a sick, you know, he's got a sick stand up, but he's also got a decent ground game. I think, you know, I don't think that's enough unless Ben can get in there and get him down. I, I'm gonna have to, you know, I hate to do this. I'm gonna have to agree with you again. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think Alan takes this. I think he's just more well-rounded than Ben is. I guess that's the term I was looking for because, you know, Ben can do a lot of things well, but, you know, Alan can do a lot of things pretty darn good. So I think I'm going to go with Alan on this. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, to me it, 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 it comes down to like, you know, at the end of the day, every fight starts on the feet, you know? Yeah, so yeah. why not? Yeah, I mean, and we'll see. And I, and I think, you know, I love it when a grappler goes against a striker because it's it's it usually ends up pretty good. And when a wrestler goes against a wrestler, and uh, that's not so great, a striker against a striker is pretty good unless they just jab the whole time. So I, I'm looking forward to this one. I think it'll be a sleeper. All right. All right. We got Mike Perry, who we just talked about, versus Max Payne Griffin. Now, Perry is coming off a decision loss to Santiago Ponzanibio, I can't ever say that right. It lasted. Ponzanibio, really? Yeah, Ponzanibio. That's the one that gets you. Yeah, that's the one that gets me. That's Missouri math, right there. I can't say shit. <laughs> I, I am known for mispronouncing thing, things, and uh, yeah. So now Perry was clearly outmatched, but he really stayed in it, man, all the way to the end. He really tried to win it. Max hasn't fought since, fought since last October, but he also suffered a decision loss. So. Man, I don't know. What What do you think? Um, I gotta go first every time, man. Well, that's my uh, show because that's the deal. All right, fair enough. Um, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I'm like, I'm I'm trying to remember Max Griffin's last fight, and it's not standing out for any reason in particular in my mind. All right, I, um, I, see, I was avoiding saying this guy's name because this is uh, worse. Uh, the, uh, oh Elizu Zaleski, Dos Santos. Oh yes. My God. Uh, is that, Santos, yes. is that, uh, what is this guy's, oh, yeah, 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 he was on the Wyman Gaslam card, no, that dude is, that dude is no joke, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not discounting it if you lose to that guy, uh, his other loss to Colby Covington, that felt like a feeder, <laughs> I mean, dude, honestly, this guy, he reminds me, like, are, are you a WWE guy at all? You know, I haven't watched it in years. I was just thinking about this today, too. I haven't watched it in a long, long time. I just kind of switched, you know, as I got older, you know, past 
the age of 30 or whatnot, I just kind of switched over to MMA after that. And I got a bunch of kids and whatnot. So no, I don't, I don't watch WWE anymore. Really? I'm in the, I'm in the same boat. Um, like I checked back in for WrestleMania, but yeah. like, I'm talking like, this reminds me of old school member, like Al Snow with the job Are you squad. you kidding me? Yes. And the mannequin <laughs> head and all that shit. Yes, yes, yes. You know, see, I was in it back then for sure. Like that, that's kind of the feeling I'm getting here. Like he's a long time, you know, trainer, Uriah Faber. He's worked with team alpha male. So he's at least got a little bit of a name to him, but it feels like they really, they want to make something out of Mike Perry. Right. You yeah. know, I got to look um, up. He's, he's I got to look up. I got to look what? up Al Snow's mannequin's name. What is that? Do you remember? Head. It was just head. Yeah. Cause everybody wants head. <laughs> That's right. Oh, WWE damn. was so great back then. It was. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, like, I, I, I'm i looking here, like, I mean, the, I really like this Dos Santos kid. I thought, um, you know, the 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 fight uh, that he had in the Weidman-Gaslin card was the fight of the night. Right. Um, I'm looking here. Did he actually? Yeah, it did win the fight of the night. Um, he won via split decision. I thought it was going to go the other way, but either way, he really impressed me that night. It feels like they're just feeding Max Griffin, somebody who has just a little bit of a name. Yep. Honestly, like he sounds like a UFC guy. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, we're going to go watch Max Griffin fight. Tonight. Max like, Payne Griffin. He's got a good nickname too. Cool. I'm buying into that. Like, oh yeah. really? Yeah. Like I'll jump yeah. in the car. I'll go see those fights. You know? Um, it just honestly feels like it's another name that they want to feed to Max Perry, uh, to, to Mike Perry. So yeah. uh, there's no way I'm not picking platinum here. Yeah. So I, I kind of feel the same as you. And Mike Perry gets a bad rap because he sounds kind of like a goofball when he does interviews and this and that. But, you know, every everything I read about him, he trains his ass off and he tries to get better and better and better. I didn't hear his his latest interview on Ariel. He actually came in studio, but he talked about how prison was like the best experience of his life. So what an animal! What an animal! It's hard to pick against him. I I, I think he comes back better th- than he did before. You know, he he took a loss his last fight, but you know he was just he was just outstruck, and it was a good fight. And he, I just love the way he stayed in until the end, you know, as, as much as you don't like his mouth, you know, if you don't like his mouth and, and his demeanor and whatnot, he's a fighter, man. And he's, well, no, no, no. Scratch that. He's a mixed martial artist. I mean, true and true. So. Really? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not like, I, I honestly would not be shocked if Mike Perry got taken to the ground was absolutely lost on the ground. Like he does not, um, like he's one of those guys, like this is like the first we've ever seen of this where. Uh, he literally just went to a UFC gym, you know, like the same yeah. place where, you know, uh, uh, moms go to like, you know, kickbox away the baby weight. <laughs> and he became a, a UFC fighter off that. Like, yeah. what? That's insane. Yeah. We, the, like, that's an unheard of story. So I don't know how strong his game is in total, but I know he's got hands of stone. He's got no quitting him. Um, the only reason I'm not a fan of him is he got. Uh, you know, he probably imbibed a little too much uh, after his last win and uh, totally bailed on BYM that day. But uh, uh, that, he did bail on BYM. I forgot about that because you guys yeah, were talking about man. that. We tried calling him a couple times and, and uh, you know, no word from him. We, As far as I know, we never got a handwritten apology letter. So I got a little bit of beef with him for that. But uh, other than that, I, I have no issues with Mike Perry. Um, I think he does it the right way, whereas yeah. Colby Covington just feels like he's trying way too hard. Like this is he's not about that life. Like Mike Perry just strikes me as a guy who like he's been talking shit and backing it up his whole life. And, uh, you know, yeah, 
I, I, I don't see how he doesn't get the win against Matt Griffin. There's no way. Yeah, I, I feel he does as well. And, you know, like you said about Colby, like, he tries to do what Chael did, but he's just not Chael. Chael was hysterical. Chael no. talks about feeding a carrot to a bus. You know, I mean, who who comes up with that? Dude, like, the, and, and when they call him on it, like, with yeah. a wink and a smile, he just looks and goes, hey, man, if I knew they had computers down there, I never <laughs> would have said that. What? Like, dude, but, like, yo, you could never hate Chael. No. we did it with a wink and a smile. And the, and the like, Colby sounds racist when he says filthy animals and this and that. I'm like, dude, come on. But, like, everything about it is, like, that's the difference between, uh, like, just to, to, you know, plug gas again. I mean, the, the Legion of Skanks, like, uh, the, their, their kind of terminology behind it is, like, they're the most offensive podcast on Earth. And they never shy away from that. We've had literally a black intern all month for Black History Month. And by black <laughs> intern, I mean a kid shirtless in chains who they whip. Oh, but they do it with dimples, you know? The whole time they're smiling and it's clear that everyone is in on the joke. Colby Covington is, hasn't figured that out yet. No. No one's in on the joke with him, you know? No, I mean, we'll see what happens with him because now I, I don't think he does not have a fight. You know, you have Tyron Woodley, also a Missouri man. Um, you know, we God, don't know I love he, Woodley. Yeah, I do too. And he, I, I, he, the poor guy gets a bad rap, but he also opens his mouth and says some weird shit too. But I, Dude, I, I mean, I can't pick against a Mizzou guy ever. My I, man showed up to the New York press conference, the biggest star making moment of his career. He's on a car with Conor McGregor, yeah, which has skyrocketed guys to, to, you know, fame and, and, you know, gotten guys over and gotten people looking at it. Look at Joanna. Joanna was the, co-main to, to uh, McGregor, and she became a star overnight. Right. He showed up to that press conference, black leather jacket, black shades, insanely angry demeanor, very grumpy, and that's not him. He's not that guy. <laughs> He's not the bad guy. Right. He fought Kelvin Gastelum. He was entitled to, what was it, 20% of Kelvin's purse? Yeah, he gave and it he back. Said, nah, man, he worked man hard. Give that man his money. I don't want it. What? Yeah, and so he couldn't get it to Kelvin, so he sent it to his gym. I didn't even know that part of the story. Yeah, man. So he ended up sending it to uh, Kelvin's gym because, you know, Kelvin wouldn't take it. And uh, oh, that's uh, incredible, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, and and Tyron legitimately lives in Ferguson, Missouri, you know, one of the toughest spots in the universe. He still lives there. And my kids wrestle in Missouri. Okay. So there have been some tournaments, of course, the ones I don't go to where they show (laughs) up and Tyron's there with his kid. Dude, you just you're just sounding like a bad dad now. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna point that out. You no, know, I'm an unlucky dad. I'm a fucking great dad. Because if I wasn't at that tournament, I was with someone else at basketball or another wrestling tournament in different cities. So I've we have like uh we have let's see, four boys actively wrestling right now. So What? Oh yeah, dude. We have six kids, his, hers, and ours, two, two and two. Oh, so you you uh you live it and breathe it like you are just oh, turning yeah. these kids into killers. What I'm th- why do you think I was so cool about uh you know doing a podcast after you know nine o'clock my time? They're all you know I got to get them all in bed and shit. You know, <laughs> makes sense, makes sense. I get it. Uh, no, that is awesome, man. That is like you're just building a Sage Northcott factory down in Mizzou. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And uh, my daughter, I have one daughter and and then actually five boys. So it ranges from ages three to 17 she's going to mizzou next year 
So, oh man, I'm looking forward. Is to this that. like a Bret Hart story where like all five of them are going to go into MMA and she's going to end up marrying a fighter? <laughs> no, she's going to be a doctor or some <laughs> shit. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, you know, I have some good athletes, so we'll. I'd like to see what, what happens with that. And uh, you know, am I going to be? Am I going to say they're going to go D one? You never know. And if the, you know, wherever they get a scholarship, if they got a scholarship, I'll be happy with that. But you know, I just want to be well rounded, well rounded kids, get decent grades, and. Uh, you know, it's, and that's always a struggle as well. So it, it's cool. It's, it's it's always a fun ride. There's always something to do. That's for sure. Uh, I don't doubt it, man. Um, I'm just I'm surprised that you know with the Dana Unleashed handle, you're not getting more love from Tyrant. You know what I mean? Like I figured he would he would be all for that. You know, anything that kind of you know makes the great bald one look like a, look like a goofball. Is, I, I, got I mean it. that's that's what got me to message you for sure. I got into it with him once. So this has been several years back. You and, and Tyron did? Well, yeah, I feel bad about it. And this is like the only thing I feel bad about ever, really, from that Dana Unleashed account. And this is, hey, anyone listening to this podcast right now, this is an insider thing. I've never told anyone this, okay? So here's what happened. I He, you know, I, I poked at him a few times. He never responded to me. And he turned down the Hector Lombard fight. And I made a crack about it. And he's like, you don't know me. You don't know who I am. And and we kind of went back and forth. Then I apologized. I told him who I was really. And uh, and that was it. And he never really kind of acknowledged me again after that. He didn't block me or anything like that. So fast forward, UFC Kansas City last year. I see him. He has no idea who I am. I've never met him before. I take a picture with him, a selfie and whatnot. And, you know, right before, or right after we take the picture, he goes, I know you, right? I'm like, uh, do you? And thank God he's talking to the guy behind me because I thought he was going to kill me. Oh, <laughs> man, you played. That's the moment. You got to be on Twitter, but we're all good now. We're taking selfies. We're yeah. hanging out. So he didn't remember me. He didn't remember any of that. And he, oh. But I think he remembers he does not like the Dana Unleashed account. And that was really about the only time because this was back – in a time where he answered like everybody, anyone that ever tweeted at him. And I don't remember how many years ago that was that him and him and that, uh, Lombard fight didn't come to fruition. Wasn't so. the Lombard fight. Uh, Cause wasn't that in, like the year he took out off after, uh, steroids. Yeah. No, 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 I feel like he, I, I don't think it was a steroids thing. Did he ever have a steroids thing? I don't yeah. Think he he had a steroid thing. And, uh, really? Yeah. I can't remember what it was. I can't remember what he tested for, but but then he, I thought you're right. I think he took off for an injury as well. And uh, well, yeah. I mean, he had the he had the 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 win over Kelvin, right? And he just kind of like hung out for about a year. Uh, it was over a year actually. It was a year and a half until his next fight. And that's all anybody was saying was like, "Dude, like get in the cage if you want this title shot." Like. It's the deepest division in MMA. Oh, wait, 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 oh, oh, wait, I want to make clear. No, Tyron was never busted for steroids, if that's what we're talking about. No, no, no. Yeah, who are you saying? I was saying Hector was. Hector was. Oh, Hector. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, okay. I was saying wasn't. Oh, no, I knew that for God sure. God damn it. No, no, we're really going to make Tyron come after me now, man. Yeah, <laughs> man. I was like, oh, you're killing no, it, man. Like, no, I love Tyron. No, no, you're telling me he's a never. voice guy? I love him too, man. I, I, I wish nothing but the best for him. You know, good for him for fucking calling out Big Fight because, you know, people are getting fucking screwed left and right. And uh, yeah, he deserves a big fight, you know? And, and you know who doesn't? Colby Covington. No, Nobody he doesn't. Colby Covington get a big fight. But you know what? He'll probably get one. Yeah, I mean, I, dude, get give him Kumar Usman. That's the yes. fight that real fight fans want to see. That's the fight that Joe Silva would have been like, you know, walking over his mother yeah. to make. You know, and and the fact that it's not happening, like that to me is 
as far as people are talking about this WME IMG merger and all yeah. this other stuff, like that is the biggest loss we've had in that run is losing Joe Silva and, uh, and what he meant to this company. No, I, I agree a hundred percent. And, uh, you know, to the casual MMA fan, Usman and Covington may not seem exciting, but I, I want to see who gets the better of those exchange, those wrestling exchanges, you know? And at the end of the day, no, like Usman looks so much more, uh, like composed on the feet than he did when he first came in. And Colby has not elevated that level of his game at all. Like you're getting outstruck by Demi and Maya. <laughs> what? Nah. Like, you, you can't be a champion if Demi and Maya can give you a black eye. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, poor Carlos. Anyway, man, next fight, we got a little off subject. Ovent St. Peru versus Eiler Lutifi at 205 pounds. You know, Lutifi stands 5'10", one of the shorter of the light heavyweights, obviously. But uh, he's coming off a win, uh, we talked about this earlier, to Tyson Pedro last September, OSP, who has now won three in a row. Two of those by Von Flu, or rather the Von Pru choke, is trying to work his way back up to a title shot. Who do you got here? Dude, I, what is, isn't his nickname like the Hammer of God or something like that? Is that? I, I don't know. Latifi. I feel like I feel like he's got the hammer somewhere in his name. I am. Uh, it's kind of a joke that I'm working on hammer fisting now because, okay. like, I'm I'm just known as the guy who loves hammers at the office. Uh, I got Big J Ogerson a, a sledgehammer for his birthday, which was not well received at all. But uh, anybody who's got the hammer in their name, I'm a big fan of. Uh, it was tough for me watching the Tyson Pedro fight. I've watched Latifi since he uh, came in. Um, you know, he was. Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, the he was supposed to fight Noguera. That didn't go through. I thought for sure he was going to be Bader. Like you mm-hmm. remember, Vala, uh, uh, Latifi was on that that uh, title, like kind of fast track himself. Like if you can beat Ryan Bader, you're a top five light heavyweight. Right, you know, right. you're maybe even top three. Like that's the last guy in line before you know you get that real shot. So uh, he beat Jean Vellante. Bader was too much for him. I really. You know, I, I enjoy Bader's work. I really wish he was still the gatekeeper of uh, of 205. I feel like he kind of, yeah. you know, made the, like, I feel like the, the Vulcan Ozdemir train would have come to a screeching halt a lot sooner if yeah. Ryan Bader was still in the UFC. But, uh, you know, not to get too off topic, I really was hoping for the best with Tyson Pedro, but I was preparing for the worst. Uh, Latifi did, um, you know, exactly that. His gas tank, actually. Kind of surprised me in that one. Uh, the fact that he still had anything left in the tank to get a decision win. Um, you know, the this bout was supposed to happen earlier. Uh, what was it? Like January, right? I think so. And then uh, Latifi got hurt, which makes me a little bit nervous. But uh, I don't know, man. There's just something about him. I, I've never been a big believer in OSP. I met him once in uh, in Vegas. I was out there for UFC 200. Oh, right. Really? Um, and uh, somehow, some way, thanks to the the girl, uh, you know, who I was hanging out with at the time, uh, she got us into the VIP. Ended up hanging out with Weidman and Wonder Boy, and it was one of the most fun nights of my life. Jose Aldo was a real dick about it, but uh, <laughs> aside aside from that, uh, I met OSP and I was talking to him for a bit, and like it seems very much like there's nothing between the ears other than fighting. You know what I mean? Like wow. he's just. He's very he's very focused on fighting, you know. Um, he got the uh, I I was betting against him in the Jimmy Manuel fight, won that. Betting against him in the Ozdemir fight, won that. Um, Rodrigo de Lima 
again, that would have been the worst loss of his career. Um, you know, so I think he he was able to get the bomb flu there, able to get the bomb flu against Okami. Nobody shocked that he got the <laughs> in either one of those. That was uh, that Okami one was crazy. Like he just like went into the Elon flu choke. I mean, that was insane. Like, don't do the thing that gets you into the Von Flew choke. And he just went right <laughs> to it. Immediately jump right into it. Oh. Um, that was sad. I guess the, the, the Corey Anderson one, I was live for that one, uh, thanks to, to my affiliation with Gas Digital. It was at MSG. I was like 10 rows back for that fight. Oh, and cool. uh, the the I really thought Corey Anderson was doing enough outside of like it was three big kicks that OSP was able to land in that fight. Yeah. Other than that, I thought uh, Corey Anderson was doing you know what he needed to do to squeak out maybe a split decision on the cards. Um, if he had been you know a little bit stronger towards the end of that third round, maybe he gets a win there, and we're 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 not even talking about you know the OSP hype train starting again. Right. But dude, he's got the two bomb flus. He's got the KO, which I guess is highlight reel enough in a light heavyweight division star for talent. Um, I'm stalling because I really just want to flip a coin on this one, but, <laughs> well, uh, think about this too. Like he was getting shit about his cardio too. Like, can he get in the third round? Can he win? Can he do this Do that? And he wins my head kick. Well, yeah. I mean, dude, he quit in that, in that John Jones fight. You yeah, know? he did. Um, I, I think that's where the, the rep comes from as far as his cardio goes. Yeah, um, he looked terrible rounds, in the third round of that Ozdemir fight too. But I really think it was the John Jones fight where it was like, you know, by that fourth and fifth round, I don't, I don't remember if he threw a significant strike. But uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I'm gonna go with Latifi here. Um, what? You know, yeah, dude, OSP. He had the three fight losing streak oh, before man. he beat three guys who are nowhere near elite level talent in the light heavyweight division. You know, so uh, do I believe he's the guy who lost to Volkan Ozdemir, or do I believe he's the guy who? you know, can pull out crazy head kicks against anybody. No, All right. like some, I'm taking a little TV. Yeah. Screw it. All right. I'm, go, me, I'm going OSP brother. And, uh, wow. I, you know, I don't have a method of victory here really, but shit. I, I, I think just OSP is huge. He is going to be too much for Latifi. I, I, I think he gets it. I think he, uh, doesn't probably get it by, if he gets this by Von flu choke, I mean, Yo, you cut out again, man. Oh no. Can you hear me? All right, I'm gonna call you back again. Uh, just a little bit. All right, I'm gonna. No, no, you're good. You're good, oh, you're good. oh, I'm good. Okay, okay, okay. If he gets this fight by Von Fluchoke, I mean, nah, you're good. What What are you the gotta odds? Call me back, dude. Oh, all right, all right, all right. I'm gonna call you back. This is podcasting, people. Podcasting. Okay. All right, we had some technical difficulties. We are back now. So I was just saying, if OSP wins this by Von Flu, what? I don't think that's. I don't think that's just. It's not statistically possible. But if he does, he might. This might be the greatest thing ever that may never be duplicated. Well, I mean, dude, to 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 have a, a move like I think it legitimately would become the Von Prue at that point. Yeah, you know, it has if to you be. get, uh, I'm looking here. It's 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 like they're they're joking about it. They're talking about it. But one, two, uh, what has he got? Four total in his career yeah. with the Von Prue, and, and less two two out of three wins were Von Prue. I mean, come on, man. Yeah, uh, he's the he's gained notoriety for having won multiple fights via bomb flu. Let me see how many more there are. I, uh, I think it's three One, times. Two. Only fighter in UFC history to finish three times with a bomb flu. I mean, I guess the 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 composition of Latifi basically just being like a a 
cement garbage can uh, really <laughs> wouldn't be conducive to getting a bomb flu. Nice. But he does have the size advantage where I could kind of see it, you know, yeah. where he could just smother him with the wrestling. But I don't know, man. I love Latifi's wrestling. If, if he tries to take it to the ground, I think he's going to get swept. I think, uh, I think Latifi can do enough, you know, kind of off his back there. I mean, look, his loss are to Gegard Mousasi. Yep. Jan Blokovic and Ryan Bader. Well, let's talk about and, this loss to Gegard Mousasi, though. That was like he cut like oh gosh, like twenty five pounds in four days and took that that took that fight on short notice. Right. I'm trying to remember. I honestly, it was on Fuel TV. I really don't know if I watched that fight. Oh, I did. I remember watching it, and Mousasi just jabbed the shit out of him the whole time. Uh, I want to see what the fight metrics were. I didn't even. I don't even remember Musasi fighting that long at light heavyweight because oh, didn't yeah. he come over from Strikeforce as a middleweight? No, he came over as a light heavyweight and he was their light heavyweight champion. In Strikeforce? Yep. Musasi was. Yeah, at a time. Yeah, not when he came over, but yes. Yeah, because wasn't OSP was the light heavyweight champion that came over, wasn't he? Uh, I don't think he was. Hmm. All right, I'm looking OSP. You look up Musasi here. We're, I'm, we're, I'm looking at the Musasi versus Latifi uh, fight metrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't see where OSP was ever the light heavyweight. Um, let's see, Latifi. It just said he finally um, competed for him. He was number five. He has a no, no, no. Eighty to eighteen significant strikes. Latifi did land the one takedown though. Yeah, so, in that fight. Um, but yeah, no, because I just remember. Uh, I think the first one, I'm trying to remember, maybe the first fight, I, no, the second fight I ever went to live was uh, Musasi versus Jacare too. Yeah. And my buddy was trying to explain to me, like, how this was going to be such a super incredible technical jiu-jitsu match. Right. And, like, you know, I just could not process how that was cool at the time. Uh, looking back on that fight now, I realized I was really, I was in for a treat. Especially, that was the night uh, Rothwell knocked out Overeem. Oh, wow. That was uh that was a really fun night. I forgot but, about uh, that. I forgot he did knock him out. What's that? I forgot he did knock him out, and I think that might have been uh right around the time Usada came into play there. Yeah, that was actually because I remember a buddy of mine texted me. He's like, "Oh yeah, dude, that was uh that's why you can't bet on uh that's why you can't bet on Overeem post uh you know post Usada." All right. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's he went from beating uh yeah, he went from beating Jacare in 08 to beating Mark Hunt in his next fight. What a monster of a career Gegard Musasi's had. I know. And and uh you know, he had a really tough match in Bellator. Uh gosh, darn it. I I Flamenco. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm looking here. So he did do middleweight from two thousand three to two thousand eight. And now, and then he did 2009 to 2013, he was light heavyweight. And then when he got in the UFC, he swapped back after a fight or two to uh, back to middleweight. Yeah, returned to middleweight. Yeah, it was the Latifi fight was his only light heavyweight fight in the UFC. Right. right. And then, uh, yeah, Machida, middleweight, and Jacare. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, what a, what a wild, wild. Oh, so he left Dream as the light heavyweight champion. Uh, Musasi did. That was okay. it. So he's never, he, so he was never the strike force one? Maybe not. All right. My memory deceives me. All right. I hear you. Komain, Jessica Andrade versus Tisha Torres, straw weight. I, I, you know, you got to think this is, uh, this has got to be, uh, 
the fight for the number one contender after Rose and Joanna fight. She, Jessica's coming off a decision victory against Claudia Gadelia last September, which really surprised me. I mean, she really dominated her for three rounds. Oh, even, she took it to her, oh man. Oh, my God. And I didn't, you know, even, even Joanna didn't take it to Claudia like that. And, you know, they fought twice. It wasn't even close. And, uh, yeah, I mean, let's face it, she got the shit beat out of her for three rounds, you know? Mm-hmm. Tisha has only one loss on her record, uh, and that's to now strawweight champ Thug Rose Namajunas. This is tough because I think, although the wins and losses say otherwise, Jessica has fought much top tougher competition, and she used to fight at 135 pounds. So, man, I don't know. What are you thinking? Uh, it's tough, honestly, just because of the. Uh, I mean, Tisha Torres really really uh showed me something when she beat uh when she beat michelle waterson um that i was not expecting i was thinking michelle waterson was going to beat uh rose if i'm being honest yeah so i the fact that teach torres able to get the win over here blew me away yeah um but i mean yeah like you said i mean the the teach torres does their her only loss is to rose which i really like um i mean just looking at like but i mean she holds wins over Angela Hill, mm-hmm. great social media presence. I love her. I love her on social media. She's hysterical. Don't know if I'm bragging about her in the cage. Uh, you know, uh, right. Beck Rawlings, cool. Uh, Juliana Lima. Other than that, there's not. There's really not much in here. I mean, you know, uh, Joanne Calderwood. Um, you know, big win. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jessica Penne, big win. I mean, the the the, the Rocky Pennington. Lost, knocked her out of uh, 135. So to cut that 20 pounds, go down here, you're only lost to the former champion, Joanna. And right. don't forget, dude, she dropped bombs on Joanna in that no, fight. Like, I, those she, first two rounds she won, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, she was able to land. Uh, you know, I mean, Carolina for one round, I think that fourth round against Joanna at the the first card at the Garden was, uh, was like the first time we saw any kind of a chink in the arm of Joanna. Claudia, I, uh, um, sorry, Jessica really ripped that open. Like I said, just landing shots that Je- that Joanna is normally getting out of the way of, um, and that's yeah. why I really, I, I feel like Rose finally just bursted through. I think it was a matter of time, and the next person to fight her was was really gonna gonna reap the benefits of the work that Andrade put in. Um, so yeah, I mean, on, it, if the Gedalia fight had been even close, I would love to give this to Tish Torres because I would like to see you know new blood at the top there at strawweight, but mm-hmm. I don't, I don't see any way she gets past her. Wow! All right, all right. I gotta go, Jessica. I, I think she's a monster. She wasn't bad at 135, you know. No, I mean you know losses to. Jennifer Meyer, Liz Carmouche, uh, Marion yeah. Renault, and and Rocky Pennington. Yeah, not mad at any of those. And there was, you know, you, I think she'd probably do all right at 125. Also, but that was not an option when she decided, you know, decided to drop down. So, man, yeah, I, yeah it's I can't pick against her. I got I got to go with Jessica on this. So like let's let's say Tisha does somehow pull off like you know a, a miracle win here. And I don't does, think that would be a total upset. I, I don't think so either. I mean, I, I don't think she's faced a level of opponent that makes me think, you know. I mean, we're talking about a girl who's fought for the title, who's fought, you know, the the consensus, like the, the Joseph Benavidez of women's strawweight, the consensus <laughs> number one who would have gotten there if not for, 
he's the dominant champion at the top. Right. Um, you know, that that's that's how I look at Claudia uh, related to, to Joseph Benavides there. Dude, like, she's her biggest win is Michelle Waterson, which is nothing nothing to, to, no. to laugh at. But, you know. The best quads I, I, in MMA. What's that? The best quads in MMA. Oh, yeah. Oh, no doubt about it. Who did? Did you see that meme running around Twitter all weekend? Like, no. who did it best? Uh, it was like the ESPN body issue style. Really? Uh, Rose, Rhonda, Michelle, and Misha Tate. Oh, wow. Just like all of them throwing leg kicks uh, with bare asses. It was, you know, um, nice. for, uh, for a guy like me, I enjoyed it for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, Any guy. But yeah, no, I mean, I guess my, my, my question when I, was, when I was saying is like, if, if Tisha does get the win somehow, is Jessica only staying at 125? Um, you know, to, to, because she's that close to a title? Is that the only well, thing this stopping is, her from this... moving up to, to the 125 and just dominating that yeah. division? I think it is. I mean, you're kind of she's there now, and uh, yeah, that's a good question. That's a really yeah. Good you're question. breaking up, man. Oh god damn it! All right, hang on. This, <laughs> this is killing me. Skype, Skype, Skype. Am I still breaking up? All right, you're breathing, so I guess I am breaking up. All right, this is the power of podcasting, people. So I'm getting it back on the Skype. I didn't stop recording this time. I, I stopped the last few times. But, oh, 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 we're ringing. We're ringing. That's cool. That's cool. All right. Yep. I didn't stop recording this time. I mean, fucking All Skype. right, so you want to just ask a question again? I think I think I got the question. And you, and the question was, uh, do I do I think she comes back to 125? Is she just there? Yep. Yeah, so, man, I probably. I mean, honestly, she she's made such a, you know, made such waves at 115. And, you know, she's really just one or two fights away probably from another title shot. So, I mean, and probably more realistically, one fight, and she didn't do terrible. So I, I, I think you're right. I, I think she has a definite reason to go back to 125 if she lo- or go to 125 if she loses. So, be typing. Oh, uh oh, are you there? Something is clicking. This is, this is killing me. Oh man, we lost him again. So, shoot. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna try calling back one more time here. We got one more fight to pick here. One more fight to pick. Third time's charm. Oh, I know. It sounded like you're eating candy or something. I couldn't understand you, but uh, I, I, I'm so poignantly saying that uh, I think she's at one uh, fifteen still because she's really just one fight away from a title shot. And why wouldn't she go to one twenty five if she loses this? So. I mean, I think that's the one division where I'm just never going to learn the champion's name until somebody, you know, yeah. like until until somebody who I do know moves into that division. Yeah, I mean, really, it's just, uh, and I thought there was a chance Joanna was going to because she had such a terrible weight cut before that. But you're right. It's just like uh, they gathered a bunch of girls in a parking lot. They did an ultimate fighter and they crowned a 125 pound champ. So. <laughs> Man. I mean, it's so different than 115, you know, like, like Carla comes out of there. Yeah, sure. People make fun of her, but she just put it on uh, a couple weeks ago and showed yeah. why she was a former champion. Rose, Joanna, so much great talent in that division. Absolutely. It surprised me they couldn't find better than that for, for the ultimate fighter. Yeah, it really does. And uh, I'm looking forward to their rematch. You know, Rose and uh, Joanna, I don't think that was the best Joanna we've seen. And, you know, this is one of those deals where if Rose beats her, why would she stay at 115? But, you know, we'll see. 
Now the main yeah man, I would love to see a nice nice shot of new blood up at one twenty five. Get me some interest in that division. I would too. I don't I don't know that anyone at one twenty five right now beats her. So we'll see. All right, the main event of the evening: Jeremy Stevens versus Josh Emmett, one hundred forty five pounds. Probably title implications here. Stevens is coming off two great wins against Gilbert Melendez, where he just absolutely just destroyed his leg. And the Korean Wonder Boy, I love this nickname, Duhu Choi. Now Emmett is coming off a devastating knockout win to Ricardo Lamas. It sounds impressive, but let's not forget, everyone forgets this kind of shit. He missed weight by three pounds that night. You know, I'm kind of getting tired of these guys missing weight, and then there's opponents getting pressure to fight him anyway. They don't get paid otherwise. You know, and just even recently, it didn't work out so well for Rockhold. And, uh, you know, Lamas, same deal. And as, as much compensation as you get to fight the heavier guy, a loss is a loss, and no one remembers you lost to the heavy guy. Then you have a situation like Vitor Belfort, John Dotson, where they don't fight because they don't want to take on a heavier opponent or a different opponent because they didn't, you know, they didn't train for him. They don't get their show money. Man, I, this is tough for me, you know. What are you thinking? I mean, it's it's tough in the sense that, like, I don't know, dude. At the end of the day, Rockhold took a whole year off, you know. So, yeah. like, I'm not I'm not crying any tears for a guy who, you know, got knocked out by Bisping, um, you know, took a year off before fighting, you know, a 40 year old uh, uh, WSOF uh, uh, import in David Branch, yeah. and then I was you there, know, buddy. Another, I was there. What? I was there. I was in Pittsburgh. Yeah, it honestly was a really fun card. We actually yeah. had Alawal Bamboos, who was on that card, who I 100% think won that fight against, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but he's like just a boring boxer. Um, he, he did the same thing against Chase Sherman, and I really don't enjoy his fights, uh, but I thought Alawal Bamboos really blew me away. One of the Dana White uh, looking for a fight guys there. Not looking for a fight, uh, Tuesday Night Contender guys. But um, yeah, I mean, just to give you an idea with that Rockhold thing, like, dude, to take one fight in 18 months and then complain that your guy's overweight. Like, right. dude, get that paycheck. Who cares, man? Like at the end of the day, Romero could have come in at, you know, 170 pounds and still, you know, Rockhold's going to keep his chin up there when he's retreating. So right. I, I'm, I'm not that, uh, I, I'm, I don't feel that bad about that, but in the Lamas fight too, dude, I mean, I, I feel like he was, uh, he was broken by some of the wars that he's engaged in. That's always been, his calling card is a very entertaining fighter. He gets into wars with guys, and he just keeps swinging. Um, you know, I mean, I, I really thought Jason Knight was going to beat him. Um, I knew I knew Josh Emmett was going to beat him. There was no doubt in my mind about yeah. that one. Um, his only other wins, uh, you know, in the last few years, Dennis Bermudez, Diego Sanchez, Charles Oliveira. I mean, sure, those are, those are you know, top 15 should-be-ranked guys. Does that make you an elite-level, you know, star maker anymore? I don't know. But uh, it seems like he's kind of taken that that position as the gatekeeper at at, uh, at one forty five here. Um, it it is tough. I'll give you that. I mean, you know, you were saying Jeremy Stevens coming off the two big wins. Uh, I got to remind you, he also had not one but two losses right before that, uh, and the loss right. to Max Holloway in there as well. So he's only three and three in his last six fights. Um, he has trouble against top tier guys, Frankie Edgar, Max Holloway. And, uh, you know, he just can't seem to crack, you know, the guys that are, that are four or better. 
Oh, but uh, let's not forget he also lost to Renato Monsino, uh, the you know obviously future undisputed champion. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, all yeah. the guy did was dance around him and pop the jab. And if guys aren't willing to stand and engage in a firefight in the center of the ring with Jeremy Stevens, I don't know what their chances are. I mean, I'm looking at his last few wins. Darren Elkins, yes, looking for a fight. Dennis Bermudez, yes, looking for a fight. <laughs> Henan Burrell. Um, you know, up at 145 for his first right, fight. Right, right. Oh, you know, it was a great, probably the best performance of Steven's career, honestly. Um, uh, maybe the Melendez fight, like either one you could give it to. Um, you know, Melendez, like all these guys kind of feel like over the hill, Melendez in the post USADA world, who knows? Uh, Duhu Choi, was he just a product of the UFC hype machine? Um, that's a guy who certainly stands trades and gets into war. So uh, I'm not giving him too much credit for this two fight win streak. Cause I remember the three and one before that. Um, the, what kills me about this fight is I would be all over this yeah. six months ago when Josh Emmett would have been a plus two fifty underdog. And this would have been his star making fight, you know, before the Lamas fight. Right. I feel like, I feel like too many people are on the Josh Emmett hype train. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, there is a sense in me where I think Emmett is going to want to stand and bang and get into a fight and duplicate what made the Ricardo Lamas fight so great. Because mm -hmm. before that decision, the split decision, 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 uh, I was there for the Desmond Green fight. He basically just got wrestle humped to death, uh, <laughs> which I, I don't think is going to be an issue with Stevens, but, um, you know, I, I could see him being one of those guys who, you know, especially after they start to get these, like, big KO victories that, like, make them into stars. They kind of fall in love with their hands a little bit too much. Um, and I could see him standing there and trading with Stevens and that getting him into a world of hurt. So, uh, I, yeah, honestly, this is a total homer pick. Um, I feel like if Emmett wins, he's going to get a title shot. I yeah, feel like I if too. Stevens wins, he's going to have to fight one more time. Yeah. And I would... Love to see a Darren Elkins, Jeremy Stevens, late in their career rematch, winner gets a title shot. So Ooh. simply for my love of uh, of my boy, the damage, I'm going to go with uh, Jeremy Stevens in this fight. Awesome, man, because we're going to disagree. I, I, think Josh, <laughs> I think Josh Emmett does get it, but, you know, I, I don't even want to watch this fight if he doesn't make weight. You know what I'm saying? And I, I think he probably... Go Has ahead. that been an issue for him before? No, but he's coming from 155 down to 145. He made the first time he made it down to 145, but I'm pretty sure he took that fight against Lama short notice and he didn't have, have enough time to cut the weight. Okay. So, I mean, I'm looking here. He had one cash weight fight at 165. Um, wow. That was back in the days of uh, when he was fighting King of the Cage. Um, that feels like it was like a short notice replacement fight too. Yeah. Um, other than that, he started as a featherweight, jumped up to lightweight, mm -hmm. and then uh, came back down after the Desmond Green fight. Right. Um, because I mean, dude, Desmond Green, honestly, his walking around weight must be close to middleweight. Like he must be walking around at like you know high one seventies. So to, for him to get down to one fifty five is bonkers to me. But um, yeah, I mean, he did well in the UFC as a lightweight before before that fight. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, uh, you know, uh, no other weight misses, none. Right. And yeah, it doesn't say, you know, it doesn't say that it was short notice, but I'm pretty darn sure it was short notice. He actually came in that fight against Ricardo Lamas, 148.5 pounds. 
and, and this sucks. You know, this is the other thing that sucks for Ricardo. You know, he he made the weight, he did this and that, and uh, then he lost. He got not he got knocked out badly, and now it's a loss. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, honestly, what what is what is Ricardo Lamas doing in the UFC other than fighting young prospects in interesting, entertaining fights? Like he's he's in that cowboy Cerrone mold where he's I don't see him ever getting a title shot. Do you? Uh, no, not anymore. I mean, I think Josh Emmett was his best chance, but like, who'd he beat? He beat Jason Knight before that. Oliveira, he actually submitted, which which is fairly impressive. He loses to Max Holloway. He wins to Diego Sanchez. Loses to Chad Mendez, you know, and then his last win against someone notable was Dennis Bermudez back in November 2014, so. Yeah, I mean, like, honestly, it... it it feels like they are keeping these guys who are like fun action fighters simply to, you know, build up that next generation of like big name prospects. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. So I think we got them picked. I think, uh, you know, like I always say, don't bet. Uh, what's the opposite of don't bet against me? Don't bet for me. But, uh, <laughs> don't you know don't don't fade me yeah don't bet on me don't, don't bet on me there you go there you go man <laughs> um we have we have a standing bet where i will give you a lousy ass one star review if i lose so, no if you win if i win oh shit if i win yeah. sorry if i lose shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah winner uh, loser uh loser gets their podcast trashed on itunes awesome i'm looking for ricky and maddie are gonna be so mad at me like this is a solo show for you i didn't clear this with them <laughs> oh wow! I'm gonna have to make this epic. Like I'm like an essay of a bad review. Then, oh my god, dude! I'm already thinking of the email. I'm gonna have to write to Tim Cook. Um, all right. So, uh, Martian Prashino versus Sam Elvey. Yes. Um, you have OSP. I have Latifi. Yeah. And you have Emmett. I have Stevens. Okay. I'm gonna. Oh god! I'm gonna be sweating this one out like crazy. These are all very tough ones to call. So this is this this will be good. I think actually I have two of the favorites. You have one of the underdogs. So uh, you know the odds are on my side that uh, that that your show is getting trashed on this one. All right, all right, man. We'll we'll uh, we'll see, and I will fulfill my part of the bargain, whether it's a five star or one star, and I'm sure you will as well. And I'll be looking forward to it. I, my first bad review. So awesome. Hey, man, I, I appreciate you coming on. Please uh, make sure you give Ralph some shit for not answering my email twice or three times, yeah. possibly. Three times? Possibly. Oh, that's unacceptable. Possibly. Possibly, uh, dude. Can you can you email? I'll give you my email. Email them to like CC me on them, and I'll make sure I show them to him. Like in in uh you know in, in person, I will force them under his nose and make him read I them. Will, as I, I watch. will find out where I uh, where I sent that well, was. It was the gas digital one. So yeah, I will and I will forward those to you as well. So man, I appreciate you coming on. This has been a blast. Thanks, man. Thanks. Uh, once again, um, you know, if you guys can uh, you just do me a favor, uh, don't be like uh, like Aaron here and give me a five-star review on Hammer Fisting. Uh, it's available on the Gas Digital Network on iTunes, Google Play, everywhere you can find podcasts. And uh, we stream live and free in uh, SD every Wednesday at 5 p.m. on the Gas Digital Network. If you want HD, chat, everything else, uh, use the promo code FIST and support the show. Thanks, guys. All right, man. Thank you. And Hammer Fisting sounds like the worst porn site ever, but it's not. It's an MMA podcast, people. So, 
Well, we touch on a little bit of porn. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Every, well, you have Lisa Ann on your network. Mickey so. and Maddie get me to dabble. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, we're going to have some sweet shirts coming out. I'm trying to figure it Ooh. out. I want to have like uh, like the hammer and sickle for the USSR. I want to have like a hammer and a fist and nice. then uh, do something cool with it. So we were we were just doing designs for that. So you can maybe get that merch pump in uh, six months if they ever show us just a tiny little bit of love. Sweet. All right, man. Well, hey, I'm going to get off here. Thanks again. Hey, man, absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me, man. Enjoy the fights on Saturday. All right, you too, man. Oh, also, if you want to tune in with us, check in, uh, tweet anything. We're going to be on uh, uh, Games with Gas on Twitch. We're going to be doing playing UFC 3 and watching the fights at the same time, doing a little bit of a live commentary. So check that out. All right, sweet, man. Thank you. Absolute pleasure, man. Peace. Peace. Awesome. Great interview. Great fight picks. Be interested to see who does what. And uh, until next time. Shalom. Please remember to support the podcast by visiting the affiliate links on AaronSaysWhat.com.